This is Pixelated Audio, episode 139, featuring Treasure Conflicts. Welcome to Pixelated Audio, a podcast focusing on game audio, its history, and the people behind it. We're your hosts. I'm Gene, and this is Brian. How's it going? Today we are going to be playing music and talking about a game called Treasure Conflicts that was released for the Super Famicom's The Teleview, or the broadcast system. And that track that brought us in was the title theme composed by Junya Nakano. Yeah, and that's Treasure Conflicts with an X, because, you know, it's it's the 90s. you got to be extreme. but i love that track it's really uplifting it's it's very like there's sort of this anticipation and you're just waiting to kind of for the track to let loose which it does you know about 20 seconds in this is a very square soft super famicom era track to me It's 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 a very kind of floaty um has some some final fantasy some chrono trigger in there maybe a little bit of it's got that kind of wafty airy airship feeling to it i guess i totally get that and you know everybody always talks about konami developing a house style no doubt squaresoft also had kind of developed its own style and this is a squaresoft game make no mistake but you know it's like they have their samples they have their like oh well, these are the tricks that really work well on this hardware so it's even though this is not any of the main composers that you know it still feels like it's in that kind of style that, that wheelhouse if you will exactly yeah. exactly and i gotta say you know the track is is really nice i I love this kind of music out of the Super Famicom. Those just nice kind of trumpety sounds just always makes me feel like the horn section on the Super Nintendo, that the samples that they use are always so clean. The thing that's a little disappointing is the uh, kind of lackluster bass and uh, the percussion lines a little bit kind of eh, but I think they tie it all together real well. And so it is It is a really nice track. True, I agree. And I have to say, for me, the thing that's always super nostalgic is the string section. And especially, you know, the cheap loop points. But there's something so, like, iconic about it that I, I love the sound, even though it doesn't sound realistic at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, anyway, let's, let's talk just a little bit about the game before we move on. Treasure Conflicts was a downloadable aerial dogfighting and RPG hybrid from Squaresoft. Kind of an odd combo. And it was originally released in February of 1996 for the Nintendo Satellaview Broadcast Service, which was uh, an additional add-on for the Super Famicom. 
the game is split kind of between these weird modes. It's you have mode seven combat and then light RPG exploration where you walk around and you know towns and talk to townspeople, buy items, get things for your ship. It's not too much to it, actually. That's that's about the game. <laughs> yeah, and I, I played it for a little while, actually. It's just like you said, it's got the two modes. The one is like um, kind of like bunkers where you can go in and talk to different people and get new items and do some research on uh, upgrading your, your, your ship. And then these dogfights are mode seven. It's, it's a little bit strange and it's not that exciting, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you fly around um, this world that looks just like any mode seven super Famicom game you could think of. Um, exactly like the intro of Chrono Trigger, <laughs> like yep. right when you're, when you're flying in. Um, and uh or, or final fantasy six or three however whatever you want to say but it's not that um impressive after the first like five seconds yeah <laughs> but you know again it is um a download game so i give them a little bit of uh, credit there it, it seems pretty massive sure sure and we'll talk a little bit more about the gameplay later on in the episode but we've pretty much talked about all there is to it it's <laughs> it's it's a very short game like we've been on this kick not only about talking about short games but weird short downloadable games where we're gonna ride this high for a little while i think <laughs> <laughs> let's get into our next track here this is the introduction and this was composed by junior nakano for treasure conflicts That was the introduction track from Treasure Conflicts, composed by Junya Nakano. I think this plays during the uh, the opening credits, where or the opening storyline, um, where you can see what's actually happening in the the world that you're in. It, you know, it reminds me a lot of uh, Waterworld, in, except that you're <laughs> except that you're on the land. And so, anyways, but uh, the tracks the tracks really nice. It's got that um, really nice kind of um, trumpety. Uh, uh, regal sound um a little bit um like a march the the snare in there is very like a marching band it's it sounds really nice uh, i like this track it does feel very square soft airshipy again but you know again that's the game so if it's yeah and we do have some other tracks that are a little bit different from this but i have to say right. like one of the things that i think it's really the goal of all music is to 
generate some kind of response. And it doesn't have to be a super complicated one. And I, you know, this track put a smile on my face. It really was a very enjoyable track. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I really like this. Like it's, it's, um, it, it's not action packed, you know, it, it's not meant to, um, I think like bring all these emotions of, of, you know, joy and happiness. And it's just, it's just like this nice kind of like, I, I, it sets it sets the scene, and I think that that's just as important as any other you know very like melody driven track that we would listen to. Exactly, and and it's got a little bit of like a military vibe, you know, with the percussion and and the horns and things. But sure. I actually didn't watch the intro much. I mean, I couldn't read any of it, so I don't know if you have any insight into what the story was for what. I, yeah. I skipped through most of it to be honest. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's um, I, I would just be able to tell you pieces, and it would probably be wrong. Um, the the thing is though that if you know, if you're listening to our show, you're you're familiar with Squaresoft. I I can't say that now because I have actually gotten contacted by a few younger listeners who know Squaresoft mostly the newer stuff they've done. Mm-hmm. But Squaresoft and Square Enix, um, you know, for the last twenty years has been one of the largest video game developers and publishers responsible for some of the most iconic and well known RPGs in the world, including Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, Kingdom Hearts. And they publish all of these recent things like Tomb Raider and the Deuce X games. And I think like Tomb Raider Go, like all these different IPs they didn't normally have. And they've just been growing and growing. And they're just this massive entity now. Um, but even before their merger, uh, Square and Enix, Squaresoft was already uh, relatively well known for games like Chrono Trigger, Secret Mana, and Final Fantasy. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that. Like, I didn't realize that uh, you've already got younger listeners that are, that maybe don't remember a time when Squaresoft was kind of its own entity. I guess it really has been that long. It was. It's been a long time, and yeah. you know, like <laughs> people know Chrono Trigger now, like because the the retro um, invasion, I guess, is back. You know, uh, is it, kind of like popping back up. So they see Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana and Final Fantasy that I just mentioned, but they associate that with Square Enix, where there was that period, um, even as early as like the NES and stuff that. The company was making um, games before Enix was even in the picture, and Enix had their own thing too, you know. So exactly now they're now they're together. So Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest live together under one roof. But uh, I wanted to kind of bring up a little bit about what sort of led to this game and, and something that was going on around this time. So it's funny because even before all of this, you know, Square had all these really successful games that we mentioned. And there's this really uh, kind of experimental period that people are pretty familiar with towards the mid to late 90s. Uh, Einhander, Parasite Eve, Brave Fencer Musashi, Air Guys, The Bouncer. Everybody's like, oh my God, Squaresoft's trying all these new genres. And they were only able to do that because of their successes. But this is this really interesting period that a lot of people don't really know about, especially outside of Japan. Uh, The Satellaview, like they released four separate games for it. And... They were only ever released in Japan. They never got released for any other platform. They're all exclusives. They're not like ports or remakes. And there's this one they call Dynamitracer. It's a sci-fi adventure game. Koi Wa Balance, which is a board game about love and relationships, which is kind of odd. There's uh, probably one of the most well-known Satellaview games, Radical Dreamers. For those of you who know, knowingly smiled at that, it's the basis of Chrono Cross. Uh, the story in that, it was kind of a text adventure, which was eventually turned into the game that became Chrono Cross. Um, we probably could have done a show on that, but all the music is basically in 
that game and it sounds much <laughs> right. better. So there's really no point in us doing it. Right, right. And then there was this game, Treasure Conflicts, which is um, maybe not as well known as the others, but it still has some pretty good music. So that's why we wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And it's 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 probably a pretty good game. You know, like I, I wasn't really into the action stuff too much, which is odd because, you know, that seems like it would be where where you'd want to you know go out and battle. But it was kind of like the most boring aspect. I'm talking and moving around in these like little bunker kind of things was actually pretty cool. Um, really fast, going back to um, Einhander, Parasite Eve, Brave Fencer Musashi. These were like all pretty stellar games. Like like Einhander was just an amazing shooter. Parasite Eve, I mean, like it's a fantastic game that we remember now. Brave Fencer Musashi. I don't know if a lot of people played the game, but it is one of my favorite action rpgs of all time it was the most if i don't know how well it holds up today i haven't played in a while but the game is so adorable <laughs> but it also has like all these really funny like uh, like uh comedical points that you don't normally see in in an rpg a jrpg that takes place in like like even the town that you go to is called all you can eat village or something <laughs> like that it's it's really funny oh yeah from like 95 to 2000 square was basically at the top of their game i mean like square soft as, as a single right. company <laughs> right right so i mean they they put out like just incredible stuff even the the you know the roll of the dice that they did it ended up being just um, you know phenomenal stuff. Did you ever play the bouncer? I didn't. I, I think it got panned a little bit because it was this weird like beat 'em up game where yeah, yeah. it was really weird. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that just goes to show like they could make these games and people would still be willing to give them a shot and most of them turned out pretty good so yeah and then final fantasy the spirits within came out so they were a little bit more conservative for a few years so let's get into our next track (laughs) (laughs) this is the world map theme from treasure conflicts was the world map theme from treasure conflicts on the Stellaview. i don't have too much to say about this one to be honest this is Neither already the I. third track we've listened to it's like that airshipy music i yeah, promise there's there's other stuff coming up <laughs> yeah it's it's a little sleepy but uh it's all right it's all right let's get to our next track let's just jump right in this is the battlefield so we'll be right back
All right, that was the Battlefield theme composed by Junya Nakano. All right, we're starting to get something a little bit different here. <laughs> yeah, we can wake up finally. Yeah, yeah, it's like a lightweight Chrono Trigger battle theme a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool track. It is. It's cool. It is. It's a. Uh, it's it's got a lot of action, a lot of movement. Um, it's the, the battles again are are not that fun, but this music, you know, it it adds to the the excitement, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it serves its purpose. Like I watched video of this, and it looked for like a real time airship combat thing which i don't think that was square's expertise at the time uh maybe still isn't but you know <laughs> it was it was a cool experiment i like i like when people and companies try new things <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um junia nakano i don't think we've talked about him on the show before not really no um it goes by a few different names i think uh let's see there's like jay nakano nakano nakanoti hmm. is also like one of the aliases nakano x uh, 108 and Nakano Junmaru, a few different names. So you might see him with those different um, pseudonyms. Anyways, he's a composer that started working on games in 1992, and he's done arrangements and compositions primarily on the piano and organ. And his first game projects were as co-composer for Konami's X-Men and Asterix in the Arcade. After that, he worked at Square from 1995 to 2009 and worked on a number of games. And although he typically collaborates with other composers, he wrote the music for Threads of Fate or Do Prism for the PS1 and Final Fantasy IV, The After Years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you'll notice he was there through the uh, through the merger, 95 to 2009. So he was there from Square to Square Enix. So. <laughs> right, right. And he was actually a freelance composer for a long, long time. And then I think ended up working at Square around 95. And yeah, and then he was there until 2000. Actually, 2010, I think he went back to freelance. So mm-hmm. um, that makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And we mentioned that he primarily worked as a co-composer. Some of the other games he's worked on with others include Mystic Warriors, the first Tobal game. Uh, and Final Fantasy IV DS, the 3D remake with Kenichiro Fukui, who we talked about a little bit on the, what was it, the one of the Symphony episodes. <laughs> I can't yeah, remember yeah, which one. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a fun one. I actually bought that uh, when it came out um, and and replayed through it. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to make special mention of this. Uh, he collaborates quite often with uh, one of the more well-known Final Fantasy composers these days, Masashi Hamauzu. Together, those two worked on Front Mission Gun Hazard, Musashi Samurai Legend. Which one was Gun Hazard? Uh, I think it's the second or third Front Mission. I Don't quote me on that. It was it released in, I think, 94. Five or six. I when I was looking okay. at the credits, it's one of the earlier ones. Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy thirteen, and the Final Fantasy X and X two remaster. So some of those were original tracks, some of those were arrangements, and it wasn't just the two composers. Sometimes it was a larger team, but they've kind of collaborated quite a lot over the years. I mean, that's going back twenty twenty five years, and the X and X two remaster I think was only about five or six years ago. So was that really only? Five or six years. Ago? It might okay. It might have been eight years ago. Like, I, I, don't I'm quote just, me on I, that. It, you know, <laughs> another one of those. Anything that comes into like dates, but like after 2000 is basically like five years ago to me. So you know what? Like, let me let me check right now. Final Fantasy 10 remaster. 
Oh, while you're looking up that. 2013. Crazy, 2013? <laughs> December yes, 2013. That, so about yes, seven it years was ago. Like, it was like eight years Yeah, And I was thinking too, Squaresoft, when did they merge with Square Enix? Or Square turned into Square Enix? 17 years ago. <laughs> I know. That wasn't not like, you could be like an adult and not know that. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. I know. Exactly. Uh, uh, I'm, we're not going to talk too much more about him, but um, I have some friends at uh, VGM Online that did a great interview with him. So we're going to post a link to that in the show notes. Uh, they, they're a really great website that does a lot of artist profiles and interviews. And uh, oh, I'm sure we mentioned them before. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, we should actually have Junior on at some point. We can even start doing interviews again uh, yes, after after this disaster <laughs> of a year ends, and then maybe we'll get back into it. But uh, let's uh, take a break of talking here and get into the town music composed by Junior Nakano for Treasure Conflicts. was the town theme composed by Junya Nakano for Treasure Conflicts. Yeah, this is a nice track. It's strange to me because a lot of these action sequences are over in, you know, a few minutes, but then you get into the town and stuff and it's really like drops that energy level right back down. And it, it's nice. It's kind of like a nice juxtaposition to this, this frantic battle that happened only moments ago you know so it kind of gets you back into this nice kind of mellow state yeah it's a nice breather and one thing i sort of picked up on is there's a very choral quality to the arrangements like the the chords change very slowly and it's it does have a very churchy kind of sound to it it does yeah it reminds me of some of the more sad town themes from like you know breath of fire and some of those games which are a little bit more on the traditional classical composition and arrangement but i really like it 
So this is part of Square's Treasure Trilogy, released in 1996, Treasure Conflicts, Treasure of the Rudris, and Treasure Hunter G. I'm just kidding. None of those have anything to do with each other. But for some <laughs> reason, liar. but for some reason, in like January and February of 96, they released three games with no relation to each other, all with treasure in the title. I have no clue what they were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like all the uh, the project teams got together to present to the CEO, and they're like like all wearing the same dress kind of thing. <laughs> like, I feel like somebody oh, got no. a, a brief from the CEO, and it says, like, we want a game about like, you know, like treasure, about discovery. Something about like <laughs> discovery and like Indiana Jones and and yeah, get back to us. Yeah. All right, guys, we got We got to have treasure in the name somehow. Does it have to do with treasure? No, but just get it in the name. Exactly. And we actually covered Treasure Hunter G on episode 35 way, way back. I remember. Yeah, it was a great I soundtrack. Yeah. It does have a great soundtrack. It's a really fun game, too. <laughs> you know, um, unfortunately, as of this recording, there aren't any fan translations. So if you wanted to play this in English, you're a little bit out of luck. But don't feel so bad because it's not like this is some rare lost square classic you can beat it in about 90 minutes if you know what you're doing there's maybe an interesting story there i didn't really give it enough time to go through but i can't imagine that you know people are just waiting for this this translation so no i think the theme that yeah. we've kind of found with a lot of these uh weird download services there's a reason yeah. why it hasn't been fan you know subbed yet or whatever fan translated yet because it's just not there's there's not a lot of desire <laughs> no for for sure i mean it's an interesting idea absolutely but like as a game square has released the vast majority of their games in english at this point so why play this weird broadcast satellite only game that's 90 minutes long like <laughs> now i'm kind of thinking i should do a you know a rom hack of this with the <laughs> <laughs> just play through it and, and and you know read i'll read along <laughs> Just make it an audio book and we'll call it a day. <laughs> Let's get to our next track here. This is from the auction house. This is called Auction. the auction or auction house track from treasure conflicts composed by junior nakano what was that <laughs> no idea i wanted to bring it up because this sort of this weird eerie track which doesn't even make sense for an auction house to begin with like some pretty cool some pretty cool stereo stuff going on though yeah it sounds like they were raiding the seiken densetsu 3 uh sound patches for that one though <laughs> <laughs> Uh, There's a lot to not like there, but there was uh, some interesting ear stuff going on. So give it, I give it that. I appreciate it. Not a huge fan. It didn't really hit any of the, I like this marks. <laughs> so moving on. Exactly. Moving on. <laughs> Doom Triangle composed by Junior Nakano for Treasure Conflicts. Mm-hmm. 
That was Doom Triangle, composed by Junior Nakano for Treasure Conflicts on the Satellaview. Yeah, a lot of the choral aspects that you were talking about, uh, kind of throughout the soundtrack, um, make a return here. I like the aimlessness of the keys that we heard in the the last track, which I was given a little bit of gruff for, but I, I do like that because in, in this situation, especially because it has more of a purpose. Um, there's that call and response with the bass kind of dancing from the left and the right. But as the, the trumpets come in, it actually turns into this, this eerie track. I like that. I think it, it turned out really good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is one of my favorite tracks in the game. It has a very, very cool energy to it. Like it's, it's eerie. Um, you know, it's not like creepy, but it's definitely a little bit suspenseful. And especially towards the end, like the um, like the tone of that really high triangle sound, which, you know, maybe it's because it's called Doom Triangle. I don't know. But it, it really fits the track. I think it does have that sense of foreboding. And, um, you know, I can't imagine that any one of these tracks is like going on for like 20 minutes at a time. So I think it's being fairly short works. Right, right, right. I mean, even the action sequences I, i'd never spent more than like four minutes or something on i played it several times so mm-hmm. um I, I could see that being you know like all these are, are relatively short you know for the most part exactly yeah yeah anyways let's listen to the the ending track composed by junior nakano was the ending for treasure conflicts composed by junior nakano and your award for beating the final boss <laughs> it was a good ending track it was um a little bit left to uh be desired i think it's just a little bit short before it loops there um i was hoping for a little bit more kind of crescendo towards the end and maybe some new instruments um played it safe the whole way through it wasn't a bad track um a, a good way to end the game i guess no, I agree with you, but of course, a little bit was saved for the very final track, which, as usual, we'll play at the end of the show, the staff roll track. But uh, in the meantime, today, we covered Treasure Conflicts, composed by Junior Nakano for the Super Famicom Satellaview service. I wanted to talk so much more about Satellaview, but we are saving that for a show very soon, <laughs> because there's a lot more to talk about. Uh, if you want to know more about the show, you can check us out online at pixelatedaudio.com for our show notes and the track list. We can also be found on Twitter and Discord. And the link to our Discord server is on the website. And we also post it, uh, I was going to say in Discord, but that doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Uh, it can also be found uh, on Twitter or wherever. So take a look. Great conversations. If you like the show, we really invite you to leave feedback or review on iTunes or however you listen to your podcast. So. That's appreciated. 
And we have been receiving quite a few comments and emails and things like that. We'll make sure to get back to you however you respond to us. We do appreciate it, and we'll try to get to some of those shows when we can. But in the meantime, if you're new to our podcast, make sure to check out some of our past episodes. Uh, We've done some about some interesting video game obscurities over the last couple of years. AWORG for the Sega MegaNet, a download service. We had 133 Hover Racing, which was an indie game for the PS1. And 109 Japan Pro Golf Tour for the Nintendo 64 DD, which is a very rare system. Yeah, well, the DD yeah. is kind of like a kind of like the Satellaview a little bit, kind of mm. like a Sequel. like. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, well, it, 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 you know, it clipped onto the bottom of the system, called it a day, <laughs> something like that. Also, you can listen to episode 35 again if you really want to hear some some awesome uh, Super Nintendo RPG music with Treasure Hunter G. That's definitely one not to be missed. And finally, the track taking us out of the show is the Staff Roll, composed by Junya Nakano. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back shortly for the next episode.